Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. Yeah, you panicked me the other day when you put that tweet on <laughs> saying, uh, just watching this. And I was like, have I mixed up my day? Like, <laughs> have I messed no. this up? <laughs> All good, brother. Uh, so, uh, welcome everyone. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. Um, I've got Jim here from the Film Ridge podcast, and we're talking Hacksaw Ridge. What a film. I hope you thought so too. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, sorry man. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's Mel Gibson at his at his goriest for sure. Oh yeah. De- oh well, yeah. It definitely in terms of filmmaking. I was going to say the uh, the Patriots pretty bloody at certain yeah. points. It, well, and Braveheart is too. Like he, he and the Passion of the Christ is too. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just has a way. But this one, I think of any any actual like war movie i've ever seen this is by far the most graphic like the scene from um what uh crap saving private ryan yeah is is an a scene of intensity but this one is a scene of absolute graphicness yeah definitely definitely um yeah i've i've actually written down that it's it's very much in the saving private ryan slash another mel gibson we were soldiers. Have you ever seen? Uh, have you ever yep. seen that one? That's yep. that's very similar to this. Um, yeah. So anyone who, who doesn't know Hacksaw Ridge, um, it's about a guy called Desmond Doss. Um, he enlisted in the U.S. Army in April 1942, but because of his beliefs as a Seventh Day Adventist, he refused to kill or carry a weapon into combat, and he wanted to become a medic. And the film shows his journey from with flashbacks to his childhood uh, to basically being awarded uh, the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is the highest, um, well, the nation's highest award for bravery and courage under fire. Um, and it's, I think it was the first time it had ever been given to a conscientious objector. Uh, so an amazing guy and what a film. And I think Mel Gibson, um, that information, by the way, came from Desmond Dost's real story. It's like a little pamphlet booklet that came in the DVD release. Um, and in it, Mel Gibson says, in a cinematic language over, uh, in sorry, language? No, that must that needs to say landscape. I think, uh, in it, like in a cinematic landscape uh, overrun with fictional superheroes, uh, I thought it was time to celebrate a real one. So yeah, nice. what do you reckon? Was that a decent sum up summary of the film? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's exactly sums it up. It, you know, and it is such an emotional film. Like such an, and normally, normally I actually hate, 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 hate biopics, but yeah, this this film it just gets you into it, and you know you think to yourself, okay, it's it's got the regular tropes of of biopics. They got a, you know, they got the flashback montages, and they got you know different um, the love story, love interest, the love yeah. interest, and. But everything seems so natural, and and Andrew yeah. Garfield's just so likable. 
that yeah. you just you, and he has that goofy smile on his face even even when he's going to be uh court-martialed he's like he's like got this real dorky grin on his face like yeah. he's just so natural at it but then you know he can he can stop on a dime when that when the the scene is calling for it yeah. for him to take himself very seriously so I think, me personally, I think this is probably also Andrew Garfield's best film. I mean, I loved him in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Like, loved him in that. I, I thought he was Jim Baker. But I think this was, the, this was the movie that, to me, started me taking him seriously. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a fantastic um, showcase for him. It's one of those films where you think it's like, you know, when you've seen an actor in it and you think, oh, that that might be a stepping stone to, you know, really great things. So I, I hope so, because it it's a it's a hell of a film. And I I always felt like Andrew Garfield was like a great Spider-Man in pretty poor Spider-Man films. Like it felt like he kind of he's underutilized in them. Um, so it's nice to see him. Um, in a film where it's you know it's it's good, um, it's good material for him to work with, really. Yeah, you, you're you're right in the sense that you know playing Spider-Man, it's like you're you're somewhat confined inside a box, right? There's been like three major Spider-Men that we know yeah. in in recent history, and you know he he got a bit of a bum rap because you know the second one wasn't as great as the first, but uh, I think uh, I thought he was great in it. I mean, he's still not my favorite. Yeah. Spider-Man, but you know he's 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 probably my second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, same here. It's funny because the the reckon or the 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 rumor on the grapevine is that he this this there was a lot of studio interference with the second one to the point where I think he came out publicly and said something on the lines of it wasn't the film that I signed on for, and I'm very disappointed um, in it. And I think I, I mean I. I, I there's rumors that's why there was never a third one, uh, because yeah. they, they kind of weren't happy with his attitude. Whereas you thought, well, to be fair, if he signed on for something, you know, based on a script and then it gets radically changed and it comes out and people are really disappointed in it, then, and you know, you say, you, I think he's well within his rights to say, well, like, I apologize but it's for the result, but it's not what I signed on for and I'm disappointed of the way it came out. Yeah, well, I mean, the good, I guess the good thing that's in his favor is that it switched studio? It's kind of switched studios now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I think people would uh, would flock back. I think. Um, so yeah, so it's the film starts off with. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but might as well take it slightly chronologically. Uh, with people, you know, carrying Andrew Garfield on a stretcher, saying, "Hang on, Desmond," and then it flashes back to 16 years earlier in. Where's it set? I want to say Tennessee, but I don't want to be wrong. I have just watched it as well. I know. It's oh god, that's embarrassing. Hang on a minute. Uh, I think it was it Chattanooga. Oh no, no, I was way out. Uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. Oh, dear me. There you go. I'm not from America. It's, it, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm neither, a... <laughs> neither am I. I'm not from the US, so <laughs> I don't have to know my geography. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, sorry, I didn't mention you. Were I, did, I didn't think I'd have to mention you, Canadian, but I suppose I could have thrown it in there, couldn't I? Um, you're, you're only the second ever Canadian person I've ever oh no no tell a lie no Dan's Canadian isn't he you're the third is he Canadian yeah he's Canadian you're the third ever Canadian person I've ever spoke to so you know that I mean what yeah well I spoke to I spoke to 
Uh, Brenda from Horrifying History, she's Canadian. I spoke to Dan Mackles from Film Floggers, uh, who loves the Canucks. I hope I've said that right, otherwise we won't be happy. Uh, he's from Canada and yourself. So, yeah, that's, that's literally like the third ever Canadian person I've ever spoken to. Never met a Canadian in real life, I don't think. What have you? Where okay, have you just live in one city and have never left? Just a town. Ta- well, well, a town, but yeah, pretty much. Is there just like five people that live there? No, it's, it's quite it's quite a big town, but no, I don't. Or I, no, I don't think I've ever met a Canadian person. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. I've. <laughs> so you've never. You're obviously not a traveler then. Uh, well, within within the UK, I guess, but. In terms of to to like America and Canada, that side of things. No, I've been to America once for a wedding, um, but because uh, a friend of mine married a girl from America, uh, you, you could have probably, if you were actually in any city, stand on a street corner and say, "Hey, is there any Canadians here?" Hey, and you'll have probably one tenth of the population of wherever you are. Someone will come by and say, "Oh yeah, man." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I could have. I could have done that. It might seem a bit weird, but I wanted to be shouting for a, shouting for a Canadian on a street corner. I mean, people might have wondered what on earth I was doing. But yeah, you know, know, it's an yeah, idea. It's it's something in the back pocket. It's a plan. I can I can yeah. I can give it a go at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what what do they say in London? If you're down at uh, is it Piccadilly, if you're at Piccadilly and you stay there for more than ten minutes, you'll see somebody you know, and it could be from anywhere in the world. But it's just as easy to say, hey, any Canadians here? Yeah, I mean, I'm from, I mean, where, where I live, if I drive like two hours in the other direction, I'm in Scotland, whereas it takes me four hours, probably five with traffic to get to London. Uh, so I'm from quite, quite far north of England. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably true about, that's, well, maybe true about London, especially Piccadilly, because it's where everyone arrives. It's kind of yeah. like the end of Love, actually, where it's like, is it Heathrow? international terminal or something they show everyone hugging and reuniting so but yeah no not much of a traveler never really done jobs that are local rather than never really never worked abroad put it in that sense so yeah i suppose i suppose i'm not massively traveled but yeah well you're welcome to come and visit us anytime. <laughs> thank you very much good good stuff um yeah you could you could teach you could teach me about actually i tell i, I don't tell a lie but when i went to uh, when I went to Prague with my dad, they thought we were Canadian. I don't know why, because I think it was. I'm sure. I'm sure it was ice hockey. It will. It would have been. And was it like the Czech Republic versus Canada or something was on the television? And they were going to us. Yeah, you're going to lose. And we were like, what? We're like, we're not Canadian. We're English. I said, where do you think? We're, where do you think, where do you think, think we're from? Accent comes from? Yeah. What, what earth do you think this is? Um. I don't say a boot. I, I don't talk like that. Um, I don't normally say a boot either, but supposedly I have said it once. Well, I'm, I'm just going off Dan. Dan, Dan from Film Flowers. He, he kind of says a boot. I quite like it, but it's the way he says it. Um, I don't tend to agree with much more that he says, but for another day, bless him. Um, <laughs> there's a whole thing with a sheep, and it's it's a long story. Um, oh, that's a Scottish thing in here, right? Uh, you brought you brought the sheep up because you're so close to Scotland. No, no, no. It was uh, we were we were reviewing um we were reviewing um or face off, and he was uh, kind of talking about how unrealistic the idea of the face off transplant and stuff was, 
And I basically said, well, there was a sheep clone in 1996, which was the year before the film came out. So it wasn't that science fiction. He just couldn't get his head around it and just thought it was hilarious <laughs> and ridiculous. And it's become kind of a running joke now. Um, so, yeah, so that's... I don't know if he'll listen to this. He, 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 he probably he, he probably won't. I don't know. I hope he does. I hope he hears it. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good dad. Um, but yeah, the film. <laughs> so you get you get not only do you get a great um a great performance from Andrew Garfield, you get a fantastic performance from Hugo Weaving. Yes, who's outstanding in the film. Um, he's uh God, he's been in all sorts. Matrix. He was um he played V in V for Vendetta. He's had some absolutely iconic roles, but he absolutely smashes it. If it wasn't for Andrew Garfield's performance, if it was anybody else, I probably would have said Hugo Weaving stole the film because the yeah. scenes he's in, he just such a haunted look on his face. He's like a World War One veteran. He's lost pre pretty much a lot of the people that he, he went to, well, all of his friends he went to war with. Yeah. Uh, he's come back. He's turned to the to the bottle. He's turned to drink, become violent to his sons and his wife. Um, but he's trying... You, you can kind of... It's it's a funny it's a funny one because you can't condone how he's become he's you know he's become mean in terms of the drink but at the same time you sympathise with how he managed to get him, how he managed to become so damaged if you will it's um it's a very it's a very interesting line that the character treads because you could you could see with other actors how he would just be completely unlikable and unredeemable um, I mean I don't know how you felt about about the character Jim. Uh, the actor kind of yeah i mean it it really paints a picture and actually it's interesting that um with mel gibson being the director on this and normally every side you know it's uh we have a tv show in canada um that that every time they say this the word woolerton everybody spits right and i'm kind of like that with mel gibson because i think he's a racist still but um even though he's apologized he, he's done some pretty racist things in his days but i i can separate the fact that he, he he has a real vision when he makes a film yeah and i think he, because of his own alcohol and maybe he's off the drink now hopefully it and he's gotten help to understand yeah. the what about what racism really is that that when he when he makes this film and you really get the feeling that that he kind of is through Hugo Weaving's character. He, he really has become a shell of a man in this film. Yeah, it's, and, I'd, I'd not, sorry, go on. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, and, and, and his whole, it's destroying his whole family. And, and it's, it's a really good arc of his character because as you see the film progresses and you see uh, Andrew Garfield's character progress, you also get to see Hugo Weaving's character progress. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then the scene where he comes back, um, he comes back and he, he's put his World War uniform back on and he basically comes to, to help his son out of uh, out of a court martial to say, you know, it's enshrined in the Constitution, his his beliefs, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I was watching, it's the first time I've ever thought about it, that, that the pain, that how painful it must have been for him, because he's clearly got post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, yeah. shell shock, um, and he, how painful it must have been for him to, to put that uniform. And I think that holds up because he, he disappears straight away afterwards. He doesn't wait around to talk to his son. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. he's, he's like that is soon to be wife's like he's gone. I tried to get him to stay. And there's there's also like fantastic uh, performances from the the supporting characters. You've got uh oh have I written it down? I want to say oh, I think that's wrong. I would say it says Lake. No, sorry, I forgot my writing's terrible. Luke Bracey, who plays um the one who the one who's like uh, becomes his friend by the end of it and gets killed, uh, but yeah. the one who's really kind of uh, a bit of an asshole to him at the beginning. Um, you've got Sam Worthington, who's great in this. Ryan Carr, who plays uh, like one of the guys at the beginning. You've got Vince Vaughn, who's fantastic in a very straightforward, yeah. non-comedic role. Like the character's comedic at certain points, but because he's like a drill sergeant, but he was great. I'm like Vince Vaughn, take more of these roles, mate, because. You you're really good. You can you can act. Not insulting you, but you've done you know you've done quite. You've done your dodgeball and stuff like that. Like you can act. Get yourself in some serious films because this. I hope it opens some doors for him because he really showed a different side to his uh, his repertoire. And this, I don't know. I don't know if if you agreed or. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Vince Vaughn as a as a comedic actor. I don't really find him that funny. Actually, he's actually quite annoying to me. But I find as an actual serious actor when he when he's doing a serious role and and and, and there's a bit of a uh, a bit of a trend with that with some com- comedians now and you can really get to see the strength of of their characters because you know i 100 percent agree i think vince vaughn also pretty much you know he stood up as one of the as one of the strongest actors in this. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, the only other example I can think of where a where an actor's played so massively against type um, was, oh God, his name's gone out of my head. Oh, David Schwimmer, who was uh, who played Ross in Friends. He played um, Herbert M. Sobel in uh, Band of Brothers. And I watched I watched that and was like, oh, wow, what, like, where's this come from? This like, na- well, this like nasty or really by the book officious officer, and you think you 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 can act like not that there's anything wrong with being in comedies, but it's just when you see more of a range of an actor, and they do really well. Or or I tell a lie. Probably the best example of it, at least in the films I've seen, is Robin Williams when he did One Hour Photo. Or oh, that film. Have you seen One Hour Photo? Yep. Oh, he's he's unbelievably creepy in that. Yeah, well, and his agree with you. His Robin Williams became a very powerful, um, prolific actor, yeah. not just in comedies, right? Yeah. And um, Adam Sandler is the same thing. I cannot stand Adam Sandler movies, but if he's in a dramatic role, I am. I am signing up. Uncut Gems yeah. is, is probably one of the most brilliant dramas you'll ever see, and the Safdie brothers are fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean. You, 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 if, if you, if I see an Adam Sandler movie that's a comedy, I won't, I will almost not want to see it. If I see a, a dramatic role for him, I will absolutely see it. And here's one that I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. It's called Becky. No, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen that. Have you heard it? It's a horror, it's a bit of a horror movie slash, um, slash gangster movie. And the, the bad guy, in this film is Kevin James. No way. What, Paul yes. Blart Mall Cop? Yeah, Paul no Blart Mall Cop is <laughs> in it, saying. and he, 
He is brilliant. Like, I mean brilliant yeah. in this film. Oh, I'm checking that one out. If you get a chance out. to see Becky, it's probably one of my favorite films of, yeah. uh, I think it was 2020, 2020? Yeah, 2020. Yeah, okay. definitely. If you get a chance to see that, pick it up and see how amazing Kevin James is as a serious actor. Yeah, I love I love when actors do that, or actresses. I love when they, they play against type and they smash it and you think, take more of this, like do more of that because you've yeah. got the range of it. But, you know, maybe, maybe I mean, maybe some actors, actresses have to go through, you know, the comedy or go through, you know, the, the more lighter roles until they, they can get the teeth into something. I mean, I, ho- yeah. I hope that's not how it works, but you, you have an awful feeling that sometimes it, uh, it well, might do. If, if they're a comedian, if they start out as a comedian, they get into acting and then they start to enjoy the craft, right? And then they yeah. go, they, and someone believes in them that they could, they could do that and then they get their chance. Yeah, I mean, it, they say that, you know, comedy obviously is one of the toughest things to be able to pull off for timing. And the same same things goes with really powerful dramas, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, again, as well as the film, like for Mel Gibson, um, I don't. It's not his. Oh, another film he did, um, he directed was Apocalypto, which was unbelievable. I think yeah. that's such a hidden gem. Uh, so then, when he comes along with this, like this, it's. I'm not. I think it won the Oscar for best editing, but uh, rightly so. But the it's like shot fantastic. Uh, fantastically there's there's a shot of when the the men are like the japanese and the americans are fighting like hand to hand and there's a shot where it pulls back and you just see rows of people like right at head height fighting and i was like this is filmed like really really well like it's it was it was uh fantastic to watch was were there any anything like that that stood out for yourself yeah well i just I I just yeah the 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 pull away shots they that they did and there wasn't a lot because uh because they they obviously wanted to keep the the screen tight to the actors that were in it but yeah every time they would pull back and you'd see the scope and size of the scenery right it was yeah. it was yeah it's it 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 really does speak to Mel Gibson as a director he 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 has that that skill of moving from the tight shot to the pull away and it's always that oh okay kind of kind of puts you in that wow moment yeah uh, definitely and and again and the writing as well was 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 top notch the the scene um uh, where the men uh, they're, they're in the foxholes after the first attack on hacksaw ridge and like they're bunkered down and they've gone from being you know very peppy and very like oh what's it like um and then you see them after that first day of battle and they're just sat there like talking through who who'd have lost like oh so-and-so was killed in the first 15 minutes and then they got that they all go through someone and they know they've died and then one of the guys says something he, he like quotes something about war and something like that and one of the guys just turns to him and like do you want to knock that crap off that that doesn't help us and he's like yeah you're right it doesn't help us here um and i just I love that change in tone from those characters being like young and daft. And it really does echo what his dad said. You know, he says to him earlier when, because his brother signs up and then Desmond signs up and he says to Desmond, but you've got to think and pray and, and, and deliberate things that doesn't happen in war. Like 
you yeah. you don't just go off like stupid young kids like we were um and it's and you know it's echoed you know and the, the second world war with his friends you know the soldiers around dos who go into war very kind of yeah we're going to do this and we're going to do that and the, the barracks scene where hollywood's naked and they're throwing knives at each other's feet they go from being really happy and really kind of, well you know really apprehensive but you know quite up for it um you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna kill them all type thing and then they're, they're hunkered down in foxholes and they're just counting how many people have already lost and this is like the only their first day i thought that was quite a powerful uh powerful scene that yeah, they're, they're, they had a quite a few of that. I found, um, I found I was actually tearing up a couple of times in this movie. That that you see, you see, and you know, part of it is that I mean, this movie was made what year again? It was twenty sixteen, yeah. right? So yeah. so we've seen a lot of of war movies by this time, and we've seen, and you know, even when it came out originally. And I saw it in theaters. I was kind of like, "Oh God, no, no, another war movie, yeah. right?" But when I went to see it, it really, it really had a whole different spin. And again, being the biopic about uh, this guy who's who's a pacifist, and actually, it's interesting because they talk about him being a Seventh Day Adventist, and and but his pacifism was deeper than that because his brother was a Seventh Day Adventist too, right? And and yeah. he was off to war fighting. It, it was that change in time where he almost killed his dad and he almost yeah. killed his brother. Yeah. And he, 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 it was in him. So I guess what I would say maybe lucky for him that he could, he could actually use his religion to yeah. allow him to be the support that he wanted to be yeah. for this war effort. Yeah. It's uh, it was, yeah, it was definitely the fact that he saw the kind of the beast within that, you know, and, and especially the one with his, the, the incident with his brother when he hits him with a brick during, during a fight, you know, just rush of blood, stupid kids. Um, and then he almost kind of kills his brother and he sees, you know, the, I don't know what you call them, like the knitted things on the wall with the sixth commandment of, you know, thou shalt not kill. And he's just staring at that. Um, and you see there's that change in him that he, I think he realises that if he's not careful, he could very easily do something very serious. Um, and I think that's as well as his beliefs. I think that's when it starts to change. I mean, maybe that's just the way the film wants you to wants you to wants you to think. But it's uh, it it is an interesting thought. Um, but he he says he does. He's not. He's well. What is it? What is it? He says before that goofy smile. He says, "I'm not a conscientious objector. I'm a conscientious uh, cooperator," yeah. uh, which was quite was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and, and- and of course, obviously, a lot of the scenes that we see where he is in the war, I, I gotta, you, I mean, maybe it went like that, but I have a feeling it didn't look exactly like that. But it did, because it merely made him look like he was the only one up there doing anything. And I find that a little hard to believe. But um, I, I do, uh, let's have a look. I do think, um, so yeah, so, Basically, it, it, it what was shown was was pretty much true. So, um, so in, in May nineteen forty five, Japanese troops were facing defending Okinawa, uh, their their remaining barrier between the Americans and the Japanese homeland, pretty much, uh, well the main the mainland I should say. Uh, the Americans needed to capture the Maida escarpment and imposing rock formation. The soldiers called Hacksaw Ridge. The war was brutal. Many American soldiers lay wounded or dying on Hacksaw Ridge. 
Doss vowed to rescue as many of the fallen soldiers as he could. As a result, at least 75 lives were saved on May 5th, 1945. And it was essentially all him um, get, well, he, getting them down. Well, yeah, I guess. I would say I still have a hard to believe because he would have had some... I mean, I know Mel Gibson likes to put uh, a god spin on things because that's his focus, but I, I find it hard to believe he could have taken 75 people down well, I mean, he lowers them down, doesn't I mean, it, as exhausted as it would be, he, he lowers them down, doesn't he, on the rope? And that, whether he did that for all of them, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, if he was carrying them all down, yeah, he did, there's no way he'd be able to do it. But he was like, he was lowering them down. Um, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, a hell of a well, he actually, to be fair, he got um, he got the Congressional Medal of Honor, but he also got. Uh, two bronze stars so they they actually took out parts of what happened to him because they thought it would be unrealistic so he also got shot in the shoulder but continued treating people um uh, before he like kicked a grenade and it blew up so uh there was things like that that um that they they kept out of the film because they thought it would be too unrealistic people would say oh that didn't happen but you know truth is often stranger than fiction um i think sometimes so but yeah it was uh yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. The the fight scenes. Uh, the Americans get kicked off Hacksaw Ridge. Um, uh, his mate gets killed. Um, and oh, there's a there's a great scene as well. You speak about scenes that kind of struck a chord, where the survivors are walking away, and you you see the new recruits coming up the hill, and one of them starts okay. to starts to kind of break down, and his mate like grabs him around the shoulders and says, uh. And says to him, "It's okay, buddy. Like, hold it together. Like, hold it together until we can get like." And you can see they're all just like, and even Doss when he eventually gets down and he, the guys say, "You all right?" and pat him on the back and he like spins round, because he's obviously been up there all night. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, he was tripping balls when he came down from. The oh yeah. Top. Like yeah, he was like, he was he was like severe PTSD, <laughs> like exhausted as well. Yeah. Yeah, he would have needed severe work for a while to uh survive that everything that they made him go through he'd been hiding in the the japanese uh tunnels and and all that stuff right like the yeah. fact the fact that he lived is, is is somewhat of a miracle right it's yeah yeah absolutely um uh, the scene where he hides the uh the other medic who unfortunately dies um he hides him under like the mud and then dust hides under like a body uh, like the tension in that, I was like, p- horror film directors need to watch that scene because it was so tense and so well shot as well. Like you see their eyes both looking as like the the Japanese yeah. boot appears because they were they were the Japanese, you know, were killing the wounded. Um, and yeah, it was just yeah, and you don't know like the the to your point about the shot that specific shot when Garfield's there and the guy's under the dirt and all you can see is his eye. Yeah. And you don't really know whether or not and 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 so well done in in the fact that people have died in the movie so far that were people that you knew, right? So yeah. you don't know who's going to die and you don't know whether or not the Japanese soldier actually knows he's there just the way that it was shot. So yeah, yeah you're right. The tension was was done very very well. Yeah. And there is a lot of scenes with Andrew Garfield just running around, hiding and, and dragging. Yeah, so. yeah, it's uh, it's, and then obviously the, the ending with um, 
when it tells you about you know he married he went and married his wife and um got the awards and then there's the there's that part where he you see Desmond Doss before he passed away in 2006 talking in 2003 about you know Lord please help me get one more and then his captain who talks about him and how he you know found out he was the bravest person he ever met and um and yeah and things like that it was it was such an amazing film and you know it, it's it's not one of those films where it's like typical American flag waving you know that some films do where it's all yeah we saved the world type thing um which obviously rankle with a lot of other countries um that put an awful lot um of lives on the line not not just the UK and America Canada your own country of course um yeah. lost thousands of men in you know in, in bomber command RAF bomber command alone so you know countries from all over all over the Commonwealth um well it was Empire then wasn't it but from all all over the world get gave you know, gave their sons fathers um so yeah no but uh yeah I, th- I just i thought it was a great film it's one of those that gets better every time i watch it i think um were there, were there any more like points that you had because that's the end of my notes <laughs> i i was enjoying it that much i didn't take an awful lot of notes that's always a good sign <laughs> yeah it's kind of like oh wow i'm actually really kind of breathing this in a little <laughs> bit and it, it's funny that you say that because when i saw this in cinemas to me it actually i liked it better on second watch not that i didn't still like it yeah but there was pieces of it i was kind of like okay um i saw some of the flaws that i didn't see in the first one yeah um but they weren't they weren't major flaws to affect him but i mean, just remember coming out of it the first time and being a little bit of an emotional wreck because yeah. uh i i would consider myself somewhat a pacifist for the most part but not to the level that he is like yeah. i I, I have a real problem with people dying for no reason. So, um, so you know, I could I could relate a little bit with what he was what he'd been going through. I I I couldn't see myself ever being in a war that I had to kill somebody. So, I I I really connected with his character. Yeah. And his you know, again, I'm maybe bringing this back in about Mel Gibson's uh, Christianity. And how he sprinkles that through most of his films. Yeah. And and you can really you can look at it through a Christian eyes, or you can also look at it from the fact that this man that he's that Andrew Garfield is portraying has real strength of character. And it's it's not just about the the God thing of it. It's it's more about the fact of what he's willing to do to be able to move forward and support his country and his, his friends and his people. Yeah. So that, that's the part that really connected with me. I I would guess I would consider myself more of a humanist than I would a Christian for sure. Yeah. And, and for me, it's, I think that's where it strikes the code. I think people that people can watch this movie and think to themselves, you know, because you could look at it from the fact that this is, these are miracles, right? Like, God has his hand in this or whatever, but you could also look at it to maybe Mel Gibson's comment from your, from your quote earlier is that, you know, why not show a real, a real superhero? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, to go from, and to go from, from being the bad guy almost like he was like, like they, his own, his own men were beating him up and were total dicks to the point where it's like they, if, 
if he wasn't there, a lot of those men would have been dead. So yeah, they 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 he did he did pull his weight and he did do what he needed to do to get where they needed to be and and may, there is a purpose for him being in the war. Yeah, definitely in a very powerful message in a very powerful film, I think. But yeah, as you say, I mean, yeah, it, it does have slight cliches in there and things, but. You know, a lot of films do. You know, they all have to hit certain notes. But yeah, I enjoyed it as much as as much as I ever had, ever have. Sorry. I would agree too that you did, it didn't feel rah rah pro American either. Which, yeah. Because we're both from other countries other than America, right? It. Yeah. It, you always have that lens on when you're watching an American film that you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, this is a little too patriotic, right? Yeah. especially since the Americans joined the Second World War late, which I'm not holding them against it. I'm just saying, you yeah. know, they were there late. There was a lot of Brits and Canadians that died before they even entered the war. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it, we, we have that in our, in our past as well. It's, uh, so. It, well, I mean, I, yeah, arguably they, they wouldn't, arguably they, will, they didn't want to get into the war. They didn't, they didn't want to. And mind you, not that anybody does, but they were very isolationist. They didn't want. They didn't want to get involved in the First World War. And they turned up at the nineteen seventeen, um, uh, for the, you know for the last year or so, and then you know they, they turned up you know nineteen forty. Well, the back end of nineteen forty one. So they, they don't really appear in the First World, the Second World War until nineteen forty two, at yeah. which point you know the, uh, the the Czech the, the Czechoslovakians you know they were attacked in nineteen thirty eight. Poland were attacked in nineteen thirty nine. Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, it's it, like as you said, Canada and the Commonwealth and Britain had lost God, God knows how many by that point. So, yeah, films that show kind of like oh, the Americans rode in on a white horse and saved the day is a bit like really like yes, yes, we yeah. would not have been able to do you know the invasion of Europe without them. But if if you know Britain and the Commonwealth or the Empire, whatever you want to call it, if they hadn't have held firm, then there'd have been no staging pause for the invasion of Europe. So. It's yeah, it's a very uh, then again, if the Americans hadn't d- done the lend to lease program, we wouldn't have had the uh, the ships to continue fee- feeding and all that. So, you know, it's it's swings around about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, well, it, it was a team effort, it was all that, yeah. and that's, I guess, ultimately, I think what we're both trying to say is that, yeah, it, it's a team effort when you try and show that you're the you're the protectors of the a lot of times they are the protectors of the world, but if you're if you're if you're making it look like they're the only ones that did anything. And that usually doesn't go over well with me, and and this this film didn't show it that way. Yeah, they, you just you just really had the feel, uh, mostly just for Andrew Garfield's character and yeah. the, and the effects he had on everybody that came in interaction with him. This was this was a really good biopic that that showed a really important man in in history, not yeah. just American history, in history in general. Definitely, uh, no, yeah, it, it was definitely it was a it was a team effort all around. And nobody wants to nobody wants to go to war, but it's I don't know. Sometimes, unfortunately, I don't. Is any other way? Um, that's don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I know it's been quite a quick one, but apologies, I was I was late starting. Um, well, probably not a quick one for most people, but for my the length of my usual podcast, it's quite a quite a quick one. But I think we've covered the we've covered all my notes, um, and I, I, hopefully we've covered all yours. But I, like I said, didn't take a lot because I was enjoying the film so much, which is good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. 
but uh Bernard, uh thank you massively for coming on i, I really uh i really appreciate it um so yeah do you just want to tell people um where you're from what and what you were uh, although to be fair that most probably not um <laughs> already but yeah if you just want to tell them where you're from and and what your spiel is really yeah for sure so i am jim i am one of three members of film rage and our purpose is to bring new films to cinema to our listeners so we go see it so that you don't have to or you have to based on what we feel and so we have i i wouldn't want to say we well certainly not all of us are film snobs i think i think we come by the rage naturally because we watch so much content and um and and we each have particular things that that we have uh, likes for <laughs> and we have a lot of things that we don't like unfortunately <laughs> and uh, people can find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. We have, in my opinion, a pretty amazing website. So if you if you ever want to know what we reviewed uh, or anything about what we think and feel, go to filmrageyyc.com and check it out. We've got every review that we've put on our on our podcast and uh, a pretty big database. So yeah, come and uh, come and feel the rage. That's a good tagline. Come and feel the rage. I like it. Um, I'll do my best to uh, to measure up with my ultra. Uh, but no, thanks, thanks massively for coming on, Jim. Uh, I really appreciate it. Sorry, uh, sorry, I was late starting. Um, no worries, but yeah, it was, it's great to talk. I hope hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, definitely. And uh, thank you to anybody for listening. Um, yeah, you can find review yourself pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts. Uh, if you liked it, uh, review, uh, recommend to somebody you like. If you don't like it, if you really didn't enjoy this, thanks for listening. And if uh, just yeah, recommend it to somebody you uh, you don't like, just tell them it's great. And then they come on and they're like, "Well, what what did you recommend to be there?" But it's a play for me, so you know, win win. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, give some people a little bit of rage. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them uh, get them being a bit mad. That's uh, that's good. Uh, but no, thanks for coming on, Jim. Um, and I know you've you've got to shoot off, but uh, yeah. But uh, thanks for everyone uh, for listening, uh, and we'll be back again with some some new stuff. But cheers, Jim. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Sean.